0: going to record in one, two, three.
1: One, two, three, four. Wanna die. Just to stay alive. Wanna die. Wanna
0: this is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media my name is adrian and with me for the very first time is my boo-boo our favorite patreon member mikey mikey say hello to the mutant goons from beyond
1: hello mutant goons from beyond thank you hopefully no one on patreon hates me for that
0: what no i mean i love all of you
1: (laughs) two seconds ago everybody rewind the tapes
0: well it's okay Uh, To be fair, I probably talk to Mikey the most because we both like to talk the the same shit. So, you know, (laughs) we're like on the same wavelength when it comes to those things. And then I talk to Cam a lot, too. And Kevin. So it's probably in that order. It's Mikey, Cam, and Kevin.
1: (laughs) We just have a lot in common. We're just, you know, two really hot babes who love horror.
0: I know, right? Like, seriously, We love the cheesemane, too. So that's a lot of fun. So I know that we'll, we'll get into the episode in a second, but I just wanted to sort of, you know, talk to Mikey and just kind of get your ideas about, you know, this month and how it's going and the topics and stuff like that. So to sort of get a perspective of a person on the other side listening, is this the, a format that you're like, you're excited about, or is it something that you're like, meh, because nobody answers my polls on the Spotify and it makes me very sad, <laughs> except for me, I answer them.
1: Are on Spotify or on Patreon?
0: They're on Spotify. Spotify. I should probably, I, yeah, I should probably post them on Patreon too.
1: I wonder if people aren't doing it because they don't know that you can do that because this is the first time I'm hearing of even the possibility of being able to have a poll on Spotify. Yeah,
0: that's like a new thing now. You can add the poll and it just sends it straight. It's supposed to send it to all of the actual platforms that the, the episodes go on. So not just Spotify, but Spotify is just the... It's just the place that I listen to the episodes, which I guess I could listen to them from Patreon, but
1: yeah. So whenever you want feedback for like how this platform is going, you mean like for this month of January or like the new wave of slashers podcast?
0: Well, the January in general. And then, you know, um whatever you want to add, any little tidbits will, will help. Yeah. And and if it's if I don't like your answer, I can always cut it out. So <laughs>
1: Take out the whole thing. No, I'm just kidding. So i because I only ask because I've been listening for like three years, like back when it was just I think Jake and Brian. So I was like, I don't know if you mean like since everything's changed or with January, because January we're going to be discussing January scary. Is that a spoiler alert? Is that what we're talking about?
0: Yeah. So we're in the month of January scary. So basically, each of the hosts is bringing topics to the table, and we're just talking shit. So,
1: so I love it because. I love horror movies. I mean, obviously it's basically how we met. I love horror movies. I love hearing about horror movies. What really makes Slasher's podcast special is the amount of work that goes into um, just the background of the movies, trivia and, and things that we didn't know beforehand as just audience members. Or even like if you did like horror movies, and got Fangoria magazines like in the 2000s and read about all these movies. Like you will always bring up points about movies that I didn't even know, so that's really cool to like be able to bring new stuff that I don't hear on other horror podcasts. But I also like episodes where it's not being where movies aren't being discussed because horror is expands past movies. You know, you have books, video games. I know they discussed video games before, and then we have the news. <laughs> like just there's just creepy shit everywhere. And so it's cool to also dive into media in general and how basically the horror community is absorbing that, whether it is, you know, true stuff happening or a work of fiction, like a book or something, which y'all haven't done a book. It's my recommendation, but whatever. I'm a nerd who reads.
0: Oh, okay. So maybe we could do horror books as another, another, another media to discuss in a different episode. In fact, we still have a few more episodes left this month. So if anybody at home slashers at gmail.com or message, you can message me on Instagram because I'm on it or message the slashers pod page, but I don't really check the messages on slasherspod. pod. Jake is the one who does that. Okay. So if you want to talk to me specifically, my Instagram, but it would be nice to know like what what kinds of horror books or horror novels or anything that you're excited about that's coming out what is your favorite horror novelist besides stephen king
1: <laughs> so i'm going to say something controversial yet brave okay. i don't like stephen king's work <laughs> <laughs>
0: Know <laughs> okay, I love that you say that, and let me tell you why. Because I we just Jake and I were discussing this on a different episode. It's really hard for me to get through a Stephen King novel because sometimes he's just like all over the goddamn place. Like I don't I don't know how if I like his voice enough to get through something. And in fact, I've picked up three or four of his books and I never can seem to finish them unless it's short like Harry's a Novella, like much easier to get through. Oh. But what well who do you like or why do, why do you dislike The King?
1: So I have respect for what he's done in the horror community with his movie. I mean, like his stories. His stories have produced great movies and series, um, but his books in particular, the first one I read was It, which is like longer than the Bible. Um, and like, it was just, I know Jake likes to bring up a certain aspect of that book that honestly, I don't even remember because I was so bored. <laughs> was, oh my God. pages and I was like that happened but anyway uh, (laughs) and I just wasn't into it I will say that because I also tried to read The Stand which was another one that I just I can't it's too descriptive for me there's people that love the description and then there's the polar opposite where like I've read things that it sounds like someone's just reading me a campfire story Um, I'm somewhere in the middle and I did listen to the audiobook of Carrie on the way when I was driving uh, to New Orleans, and that was actually really good. Um, some things in there, some religious trauma that I didn't really, I was like, I can't listen. This is going to give me a panic attack.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's just to each their own, you know, because I prefer if I'm going to read a horror novel, I love Jack Ketchum.
1: <laughs>
0: so fucking good. Like, The Offspring is probably like the most disgusting thing I've ever read apart from this other author that I read a couple of years ago. And now, oh, good. I have my Kindle here. Maybe I can find out. It's one of those books with the black cover because it says it's like too risque or it's like X-rated or it's just a bad, like. Oh,
1: that's porn at Barnes and Noble.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not porn. I probably, well, I mean, it feel, well, There, it doesn't matter. Anyways, I read this book by this guy when I, as soon as I pull up my Kindle, I'll let you know who it is. And it was pretty explicit as far as the violence and the gore and in fact uh the book is called monster i think the author is matt Shoal. not monster with charlie's the round <laughs> i knew you're gonna say something I monster know. all right novel monster by matt shaw so the book is a black cover they adapted into a movie which i really want to watch and i still haven't seen it and so it's it's called an extreme horror novel. Oh, okay, like the movies that Doug makes. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, so it's is it already made into a movie? Because it's the, is it the one with the mom and the girl are stuck in the car?
0: No, it's the one where they this family's deranged uh, couple kidnaps these people and they feed the people to their son, who's like a cannibal.
1: Oh, that sounds cool.
0: I know I'm- it's really good. <laughs>
1: I will say the book that I am reading right now, which is probably the scariest thing I've ever read. It's uh, a new book called Stolen Tongues by an author named Felix Blackwell. I just got it, and he sent me a signed copy. Let me go show it off.
0: Oh, exciting!
1: Yeah. So it looks like this, which already is pretty terrifying. Oh, hello, Betty White's in the way. <laughs> there you go. Oh, looks- okay.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: Um, and I asked him for a signed copy, so he like wrote me a bunch of stuff, which is really cool. And I'm halfway through it and like, it's really freaking scary. I don't usually get scared very easily with books, with movies on Big Chicken, but with books I can get creeped out. But this one is just like, ooh! so I, I super recommend that one.
0: Well, that's exciting. I mean, and so like just a quick sentence, what's it about? like a quick little or is it more involved
1: so, no so far the simple summary is a husband oh, I don't know if they're married yeah I think they're married a husband and wife are camping in the woods and they're kind of snowed in and there's something outside trying to get in
0: oh okay I like it like you know a little bit of survival horror like we were getting into especially with the snow like who the hell wants to go outside
1: <laughs> I'm also like a, I'm a seasonal media I like my my media in season. So like I saved this for a couple months when it was going to be cold because if it's about snow I want to read it in winter. You know like I'll read summer books like Kill River and stuff when summer comes around. So I'm really weird like that. I think it's a gay thing.
0: No, no. I I totally get what you mean because I have to be in a certain mood when I read things. In fact, there is this terrible romance novel I always read at Christmas time because <laughs> And I guess it's kind of a horror novel too. It's uh, called All I Want for Christmas is a Vampire. <laughs> and I literally read it every
1: Christmas. It's so sad. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love cheese. Like whether it's in books or movies or comics, cheese is like my thing. And the last thing I'll say about books is there's an author coming out who he's written an anthology. His name is Cameron um, I He hasn't done much yet, but I'm really into the way that he writes he has, if you want to talk about seasonal books, he has one called Autumn Crow, um, where he basically like, makes like a city called Autumn Crow, where it's like Halloween all the time, and you know, when you meet these people online, and they're authors, and you don't really know what to expect when you read their books, because they could be any level of, you know, of writing, but I just, I like fell in love with the way that he writes, and it's so, there's, it's weird to say, because it's a horror anthology, but there's some inserts that are like beautiful, and some that are creepy, so recommend that one also.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, that's great. I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that we touched on this and, you know, I'll talk to the guys and we'll see if we can uh, get into any more novels in a different episode this month, because we sort of wanted to make sure that Janus Gary had like a little bit of everything. Obviously we went ahead and kind of changed up the format for this episode being recent events that just happened but for the rest of the month or for Patreon um, episode, if you guys have any ideas, please let us know. And, you know, I think books horror, horror novels are a great source of media because you really when you're reading these types of books, you really become immersed more than you would. So I think a film and, you know, whether or not you dislike the author or the tone of voice or whatever they use you know, for example, at least with Stephen King, he, his stories, you know, obviously traverse different um, mediums, obviously, you know, be it TV, movies, and books. So if you don't like the books, at least you have other stuff to get to, right?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, so yeah, but this month we decided, or this episode, we decided in light of uh, the passing of the Great and miraculous Betty White. We decided that we were going to discuss Lake Placid and Betty White to end today's episode. And uh, Jake couldn't be with us. Uh, we love you, Jake, and we miss you. Um, he's got some stuff going on. So Mikey decided. Well, we invited Mikey to do this episode this today, but yep. Mikey it was so sweet to come on with us. So thank you for being here. Or I'd be talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Uh, lake placid is this a movie that you enjoy as have you seen it what, what's 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 your take on lake placid
1: lake placid brings up some memories for me because and i was like man aid made me watch this again because i watched it <laughs> and um we'll get into that but it's just funny because when I was a kid, my dad used to, my mom and my dad were divorced. So my dad would pick me up every other weekend. He dropped me off at Blockbuster while he went to the grocery store to pick up groceries for the weekend. And then he picked me up assuming I was done, but I always took like two hours. So Lake Placid, it always sticks in my mind because I rented it on my dad's card. And then like, I forgot about it and like charged like $120 of late fees, which I was like they'll just charge you for what the movie's worth. But no, like, they keep charging you. Yeah. That's the VHS value of Lake Placid. So just hearing the name Lake Placid makes me laugh because I was in big trouble, but it's funny now. Um, But I did enjoy it. I think, you know, it it makes me think, like, why is this monster movie so good and, like, so, I don't want to say high profile, but you have, like, legitimate, you know, talent in it, and you have directors, and, you know, everyone's in it, and you're like, this is, and it's so good, but Uh then you have the polar opposite 90% of the time, (laughs) which they still have their place. I, like I said, I love cheesy movies, so they have their place, but I wish we had more of these high-budget monster creature features, Uh, because this movie is from 99, and it still blows sci-fi effects out of the water, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Because I just like you said, I watched it when I was, you know, obviously a kid, because I would have been 11, I think, when the movie came out. I think yeah. we went, yeah. yeah well
1: I graduated the same year so I took mental note of that last time you said it
0: oh yeah that's right okay we're the same age yay okay because I was like you know it's so hard sometimes with Doug because he's much well he's not a lot younger than we are but he he was born in a different decade right so it's always like oh crap like I'm so fucking old but yeah so I I had seen it at 11 and I, I don't have those memories of not returning something for the late fees. Oh my god! Like how we can get into all those? I think I used to work at a movie gallery um, at the movie gallery in high school. So wow. like I totally get <laughs> the late fees because literally they paid us like five bucks an hour, and they're not making any goddamn movie at these places <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> So the lay fees, I guess, is where they made their profit. But as far as the movie goes, it, it was cute. And it was such a nice surprise because I've always been a huge fan, huge, huge, huge fan of the Golden Girls. Like, literally, I could probably, with every episode name it like do every line with every character for every fucking episode that's how sad it is like I'm wearing a Golden girl shirt now I have a Betty, Betty White shirt somewhere but I couldn't find it but my best friend Braga got me this one and it's uh, Dorothy in the streets and Blanche in the sheets so
1: <laughs> okay. hello I only started watching Golden Girls recently because uh, my husband is super into it and it's kind of funny I you know growing up I grew up in a religious family and you know they all love me. I never had like people being like, you're gay, but so it was like, it was a positive thing, but my grandma, I never watched it because I saw it like one time when I was probably around 12 or 13 and I was watching it. And my grandma was like, I don't like that show. Those women are too crude. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but watching it now, I was like, okay, yeah, I could see why this would like not bode well with my super like religious conservative grandmother, but fun fact because i didn't watch the golden girls when i was young late placid is the first time I've, i saw betty white on screen
0: oh okay so what a treasure it was to have seen her yeah. at this point because she does such a good job of playing these curmudgeony old viejas like i can't even like she's so good and she's so mean sometimes like when she plays these characters
1: <laughs> it does a lot that just from her voice and her look When I saw her in something else, I was like, that's Lady from Lake Placid. That's Lady from Lake Placid. And that's what I love about these movies from the late 90s and early 2000s is I'll watch them like now uh, and today, today's era. And i will be like, I had no idea that that was whoever, like, you know, at the time they were popular. And I was like, I don't care. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, especially with this movie. And I love that you you made that point about the fact that it is very high profile. Like we have like Academy Award winners or like nominees in this movie. Like, are you fucking well, Oliver Platt, didn't he win something? I can't remember. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever. These are all like serious actors at uh, David E. Kelly wrote it, produced it. Then we have Steve Miner, okay, directed the damn movie. And we all know Steve Miner from, you know, Friday the 13th, two and three, Halloween H2O, Dawn of the Dead. So these are all like prevalent people behind the scenes, right? And then you look at the cast, the fucking cast. We've got, and by the way, David E. Kelly is married to Michelle Pfeiffer and she's just my fucking favorite. I just she- love her.
1: <laughs> like I want her to do more stuff. I didn't watch Mother. Oh, Uh, oh! You gotta watch it. Allow me to be vulnerable (laughs) (laughs) of depression and anxiety. And when Mother came out, it was like when I was at the highest of my depression anxiety, and I was like, "There's no way I can handle that." Oh no! (laughs) It's always just given me anxiety just thinking about it. So I was like, "Maybe one day I'll I'll suck it up and watch it." But yeah, so love Michelle Pfeiffer. I knew she was in Mother when I saw her. I was like, "Okay, so she's still hot." And Never a bad actress, so.
0: No, everything she's in, she's amazing, and she still looks so fabulous. Like, what the hell is her goddamn secret? Like, one of my favorite movies with her, obviously, is that "What Lies Beneath" is so fucking good. Oh my god,
1: that's the first movie I think of when I when I see her because that was one of the ones that I remember seeing in the theaters early on too when I was a kid and Mm -hmm. thinking it was like super creepy. But oh yeah,
0: it's a great one. Uh, So, but anyways, back to the cast. So we've got (laughs) we've got Bill Pullman. And which, you know, this is terrible. I always remember him from C- Casper.
1: <laughs> Me too. And I was like, okay, I was watching this movie and I was like, he's hot here. He's hot. But like in Casper, I remember him like old frumpy, like, yeah, we wearing and I was like, why does he look younger here when it's four years after Casper because Casper was in 95, but I don't know.
0: Well, you know, and that's interesting because he plays a good, uh, for lack of better, and this is not me trying to to be woke or when I say this, but he plays like, he could play like a very like frumpy old white guy, right? Like he's good at, he's good at like traversing different things, right? So he's, he could play the hot guy because he's like a looking man. Like even now he's, I'm looking him up now. He was born in 53 he's 68 and he still looks good he's got this white beard going on kind of yeah, deal he's
1: in, he's in the show the sinner i don't know i don't know if it's still going on but i was looking at that show recently because i was like maybe i'll watch it and i was like hey that's the dad and casper and he's still hot um,
0: <laughs> but he's in so many good ones like well obviously independence day i love him in that which one i'm looking for this one that he was in with the zombies and not the zombies that you remember, but the zombies that, that that get you know people get brainwashed like the voodoo type zombies. And why can't I think of the name of this movie? Oh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Have oh. you seen
1: that? No.
0: That was in '88. Oh yeah. my god, he's so hot in that movie. You've got to watch it.
1: <laughs> I need to. I need to amp my '80s movie like I just saw Hellraiser 1 and 2 for the first time this year I I know I know but people always like you haven't seen that because I just saw the Goonies like two years ago for the first time but like growing up in my household it was me and like my four cousins and Nickelodeon like we all stayed at my grandma's house after school my mom came home it was time for bed so I didn't have like hey let's watch this movie it was just kind of like the only movie that that happened to was The Evil Dead then I got in trouble like, <laughs> because- <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. yeah well getting fucked by a tree I think <laughs> would get anybody in trouble <laughs> Yeah. oh my gosh so <laughs> yeah I mean whatever so I guess enough about my uh, undying obsession with Bill Pullman we'll continue on with the, <laughs> with, the with the cast with Bridget Fonda which I love her and obviously the one with the crazy the crazy roommate single white female have you seen that one
1: yes i'm terrible with like that era of actors because i was watching this and i was like okay her last name is fonda she kind of looks like wait no foster right it's fonda yeah okay never mind because i read bridget foster and i was like she looks like jodie foster are they related no (laughs) i don't know helen hunt jodie foster like put them together and we have bridget fonda
0: Well, here's a fun fact I'm looking at, because Henry Fonda is her father. So, I mean, I knew she was, she's got a famous family. She's also married to Danny Elfman. Oh,
1: the famous composer.
0: I assumed he was gay. So there you go. I don't know why I assumed that, but I did. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Um, Then, of course, we have Oliver Platt, uh, which... I love Oliver Platt. I mean, there's everything he's in. He's so funny. He's he's just has a really good presence on screen, even as the crazy, cokehead asshole from Working Girl at the beginning. Like, I even love him in that movie. So I will always love Oliver Platt. I mean, he's not the most attractive human being, but he's adorable still. He's like this chubby, fun guy, and I just love him. Yeah. So
1: yeah, which is funny. When we talk about the actual movie, I I have some thoughts on the script.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay, we're going to get into it. But I just want to finish up the cast really quick and then sort of talk about all the things that came out around the same time, because 99 is such a good year for film, like for horror films in general, because some of my favorite horror movies come out from that year. And everyone always wants to shit on the 90s for horror for some reason. Everyone said um, anything that I read, I usually see that. The slasher sort of dies out in the 90s. You have a different type of horror that's not its more psychological horror. And you've got like Jacob's Ladder, I think, for instance, for lack of a better example off the top of my head. So you have this different type of horror that's coming out in the 90s. You don't really have, besides Ticks, I don't really, and this movie, there's not a lot of movies that come to mind like really good creature features. Except for maybe Jurassic Park, but that's not
1: really horror. Well, there's Deep Blue Sea.
0: And Deep Blue Sea is 99, same year. Yeah. So yeah, we have that. So deep Blue, Oh my god, that's another good one. Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, do you remember Deep Rising? I love Deep yes. Rising. That's from the '90s.
0: Yes, and I isn't isn't um isn't she in it?
1: Um, isn't Betty
0: White in it? Hold on, she's in the. That's the one with uh, Christian Slater, right? No no oh no I'm thinking of a different movie okay
1: this one has and I just listened to the episode of you and Jake fighting over Fomka Johansson's name
0: Fomka Johansson
1: (laughs) Fomka Johansson yeah right. because this is
0: (laughs) no this is yeah I'm glad that you noticed that because literally every time it's just me and him there's always an argument so
1: (laughs) well it has like because every time I read her name I was like there has to be a way to say it because you know, it's it's a very unique name, and I'm sure we're all saying it wrong. Like I can never say Mila Yohovich.
0: Yahovich, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can say it it's Yevovich. I love her too. Oh my okay. God.
1: <laughs> That's just lack of me being able to read apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. It's I'd like some of these names, like no one ever knows how to how to pronounce Vomkianza. Like who the hell knows how to say her name? The yeah. only reason I know to say her name is from another podcast that I listened to. So, you know, shout out to Horror Queers for that one. But
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm looking at it now. This is the one with Treat Williams.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, ship, And there's a monster in the ocean.
0: If oh have, yes.
1: I recommend it. It's amazing.
0: Oh my god. No, I love I love like um ocean creature features like Deep Star Six, the one with the big lobster. What the hell is that one called? Deep Star something?
1: <laughs> from the 90s.
0: No, from the that one's from the 80s. Yeah. Deep. Oh, you've got to see it if you haven't seen it. It's on uh Prime right now too. Deep Star yeah. Six. Yeah, Deep uh, Star Six.
1: There's like this whole subgenre I've heard of called like aquatic horror. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about it because I, I think the ocean is creepy. I mean, the ocean's not good, but the things in it are creepy. So, yeah,
0: no. All... Yeah, well, did you see Underwater with what's her name? Yeah, Kristen Stewart.
1: Yeah, I actually really liked it.
0: It was really good, and I because I, I really dislike her acting. I think she's like a, a a wet wet plank, but I really do think that I really love that movie, though. It yeah. was really good. I enjoyed it. She
1: did what she had to do acting wise in that, movie, but it was how does she not have roots? without access to hair dye down under there in that underwater ocean.
0: <sighs> yeah, no, that's actually a really good question.
1: When Your hair is that short and you bleach it roots next day, mama. <laughs>
0: <out>. <laughs> Maybe she has like a little, like a little uh, vial with peroxide that she just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know. You know. And you know how she is. She probably was like, oh, I need to have, you know, short hair in this movie. Cause I'm Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I actually like her. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I, I just—I
1: don't stick up for anybody. You can talk all the shit you want. I'm just like,
0: <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's just get through this before we end up talking about her for two yeah. hours.
1: For tangent.
0: <laughs> but then we have uh, Brendan Gleason as the sheriff, and then Meredith. Mer- oh, God, I need to sit closer to my thing. Brendan Gle- Gleason as the sheriff, and then Meredith Salinger as uh, the deputy. And I love her from my stupid ass 80s movie with the Corey's that is so literally the dumbest fucking movie. But I love this movie. Dream a little dream. If you haven't seen it, stop everything you're doing people and watch it. I think it's on prime or Tubi right now. It is literally like there's an entire montage where Corey Feldman is dancing and dressed as Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. All I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say. So anyway, she's in that movie. But I mean, there's a lot of you know, high profile names here. And of course, Betty White, our our beautiful Betty as Mrs. Dolores Bickerman, which is my background right now. So for those of you who can see us or if you're watching this video, then you'll see that she's in my background. And she's, you know, the fun, fun loving, you know, lady who's keeping the, the fucking crocodile. Life. Is it a crocodile? But they 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 don't call it anything else, right?
1: It, I think it's a crocodile because they bring the crocodile ex- yeah, it's an asian crocodile
0: yeah so it's it's Look not it yeah it's not an alligator it is a crocodile i'm looking yeah i'm looking at the my little synopsis here
1: but and those are the ones that get the biggest anyways i'm a weirdo who knows weird facts about animals i would do they i don't know the male crocodile and the saltwater crocodile are both like the biggest and they're both crocodiles
0: yeah I mean, we have some big fucking gators down here. So, I mean, I've seen gators. I don't think I've ever seen a crocodile in the wild. I don't think we have them here.
1: I don't think so. You might have some, I mean, you're in Florida, so you might have some saltwater crocodiles over there. I am deathly afraid of two things. Well, three, but crocodiles and alligators are one to me. But the other thing is a killer whale. But those animals collectively are like, i'm just terrified of them don't put me near one don't put me like in the vicinity of one because they oh. both kill people
0: oh the killer whales you mean you wouldn't pet one at SeaWorld?
1: no especially the ones at SeaWorld. those are the real fucked up ones those are the <laughs> ones that are ready to kill you <laughs> i don't blame them but but they just they freak me out
0: oh well maybe see that's why you don't like or that you are more drawn to aquatic horror because there are things in there that can hurt you. So I totally get that.
1: Can you imagine a work whale singing while it kills you?
0: <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I really want to feed the beluga whales. Like they're so pretty, but Those they're are- like. Different. Have you
1: seen their skeleton their skeletons mm-hmm. are almost human like anyways
0: oh that's exciting that's actually be- really
1: cool i think they're the only whatever it's called when you're a whale but they're the only that species that can actually like move and pivot their neck they have th- vertebra oh
0: okay well they're oh that that makes sense because most most whale like because they're more shaped like a dolphin right so like most whales kind of like a big rock or <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying whatever I'll, I just know from what I learned at SeaWorld sorry everybody we'll have to
1: table this discussion because Age thinks rocks are whales so I- she probably <laughs> thinks of Luga as an ice cap in Antarctica
0: oh my god we're never gonna get through this.
1: I'll be quiet.
0: I'll be quiet. okay okay no no I, I'm like we're just going on tangents everybody but that's the fun thing about Janus Gary so but anyways so with Betty White in this movie I think she does such a great job embodying this basically curmudgeoning little old lady like she's just pissed off she's that the crocodile is her baby the crocodile ate her husband right <laughs> and she's like oh, it was an accident or whatever she says."
1: yeah he got too close to the water or something like that <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then she just like sits out there at the dock and then, you know, so I, and it's kind of, I kind of feel like Betty White would be this way because she is an ad, well, she wasn't an animal advocate. Yeah. Why can't I talk today? Cause I was teaching all fucking day. That's why I can't talk today. But yeah, she was an animal ad, you know, she's for animals. Um, she's an activist. She was very, you know, and not just dogs and not just cats, but like all animals. So she, you know, I would. I would assume that Betty would be very benevolent towards any animal, regardless if it was a crocodile or not. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, But that's why I think she plays this so well. And, um, you know, it's she's not in the movie like a whole lot, but the parts that she is in the movie, I think she elevates a lot of the the comedic elements because it is a horror comedy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, you know, and I just, you know, the fact that it's a creature feature, the fact that it's this big giant ass thing and it it is scary like when it pops out there's a lot of jump scares in this one too in my opinion uh i don't mind jump scares i don't think that it takes away from the movie i and i don't think that they heavily rely on it either so I, i how do how do you feel about about those or
1: whatever so the movie inherently is scary just because when you deal with something underwater that you can't see it's already frightening Jump scares, I don't mind them as long as there's a payoff. Like if you make me jump because of your monster or your killer or a dead body flies from the ceiling, great, that's cool. But if you make me jump because the girl turned the corner and there's a cat there, that to me is too cheap. Or like do it once, but if you do it more than once, then that's, you know, too much. And it's kind of funny because um, at the end of the day, I feel like this movie is actually kind of wholesome. But the part where um, Fonda, what was her? Bridget Fonda.
0: Bridget Fonda, yeah.
1: Stuck underwater. First of all, I have a fear of getting stuck underwater with when her ankle gets caught in the vines. That's terrifying because drowning obviously sucks. But then when the alligator or the crocodile like closes its mouth around her, but the, the wooden stick is in the way. Yeah. like, like The wooden pole is in the way. Yeah. That is scary too, because it's like she's in the mouth already. Like it just needs to crunch a little harder and then she's gone. But that was my favorite scene. I love and I feel like the nineties had a bunch of those like iconic scenes where if you just took that scene and made a poster out of it, you'd have like the best movie poster.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. And there's something about, and I don't want to say movies don't do this, but I feel like and you're right, especially with the nineties, because I feel that I remember the nineties the most because I was there watching it, right? But there's something very endearing about all of these characters that you care about them and we don't spend a whole lot of time with them right but you are legitimately invested in these characters enough i mean not not in the criteria and collection way or like an A24 kind of way where you're like you know spending 20 minutes on exposition and talking about this person's backstory but quickly efficiently and just so that you know, when she, when these things are happening to her, you're you're like freaking out, and you also know that she that she and Bill Pullman kind of have a little thing for each other, which is really cute in the movie. So it's like there's another element of like, oh my god, what if one of them gets eaten? It's gonna be so sad. <laughs> and and so I just I like I like those aspects of being you know you're quick. With the, the character building, you're quick with the story. I mean, it's a pretty easy story. So if, for those of you who haven't seen it, the quick synopsis, basically when a mysterious creature violently kills a man in a lake, Bill Pullman, the local game warden, looks into the bizarre case along with the sheriff's and um, the the crocodile itself or the mysterious beast is in Betty White's backyard, basically, in her lake. And, you know, again, it's just quick. Like, it's, it's a very quick movie. It's only, how long is it?
1: I don't know, but it felt super short.
0: It's 82 minutes.
1: So yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't really feel like there's any part that drags. I don't know how you felt about it.
1: No, I was actually surprised when it was over. I was like, is there more?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. When it does end, it's like, okay, you feel like there's going to be one, you know, there's a bigger battle ahead. And, I, you know, I didn't, I should have looked it up. Does it have any sequels? Because oh. it, it leaves itself, it leaves itself itself open to sequels but I don't know if there's
1: it has a ton it has like four sequels
0: okay yeah and you know at that point they're getting into b-movie territory right because
1: as soon as the second one came out it it, there was no grace period to become a (laughs) (laughs) b-movie you know how many people died in this movie in the movie not like in real life who I'm sorry you know how many people died in this movie how many characters died
0: I did not count I don't think that many two two (laughs) yeah yeah
1: in the beginning and the guy who gets his head cut off
0: that's it yeah that's it yeah because i was i was and i was thinking about it because i i didn't um i didn't get a chance to watch it before we did the episode but i literally just recently just watched it like a month ago because i was like oh like Placid. <laughs> and um yeah i know which is ridiculous right because you would expect more people to get eaten and
1: it also i mean well i'll let you finish where you see what you're doing first and then we'll, we'll go into it
0: well, no, it's, it's rated R. So you would assume that we'd have more.
1: It's rated R, but I feel, especially because this is kind of like such a big studio film, in my opinion, I feel when I mentioned earlier, I felt like it was a wholesome movie. They don't kill the crocodile. Well, they kill one of them. They kill, <laughs> they don't kill the big one. The whole thing is towards the end is like, we have to save it. We have to just get it out of here. Um, and so for that to happen, I feel like it can't kill that many people. Because if you have this monster that kills everything, like, why are you going to try to save it? But it just killed the diver in the beginning, which I don't even remember. And I saw it yesterday. I, was like, I don't remember that diver dying, but maybe he showed up already dead. But then it pops <laughs> off the deputy's head on the boat when he's pulling the anchor up. And mm-hmm. that's it. So I was like, okay, obviously those two people didn't matter. But they-
0: <laughs> Well, no. Okay. So it kills the diver. It's basically the animal defending his territory, right? Because you're okay. in his, in his yeah. way. And then the sheriff was an accident.
1: Sure. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I mean, okay. If you swim with the crocodile and you get eaten, if you knowingly swim with the crocodile and something happens, it's not necessarily the crocodile's fault. Like I, I can definitely side with that. And so like, I don't even know where they moved it to, but at the end you see it on the back of the big 18 wheeler being driven away so I was like, okay, they didn't kill the, the the crocodile. Only two people that you really weren't invested in the movie died. And it was just, there wasn't, it was scary because you didn't want people to die. It was scary because it's lurking underwater. But at the end of the day, it wasn't as terrifying because there wasn't that much carnage. There wasn't that much death. And then it was kind of a happy ending for everybody. They got to go home. all the main, And that was actually something also from like the 90s that I felt has died away. I like when a group of people survive. I don't like it when it's just the girl and the guy or just the girl, because that's too obvious to me. Like, you know, if you take Scream, which is basically 90s horror encapsulated in one film, you had like what four people live.
0: Oh yeah, like a whole group of them do, do survive in scream, that's
1: yeah, true. So I, I kind of like that. And then when, they, when it happened in this one, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, you can have your deaths and you can drag it out and make it gory and everything. But I don't want to know who survives within the first 15 minutes, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, and cause once you just have one person left, it's sort of getting into like final girl, final boy territory. And I guess you're right. If, if they killed more people, we wouldn't be trying to save it and move it somewhere else, which is, you know, cause I wouldn't want to kill it either. I don't think it's, I mean, it's, it has obviously a threat. So I need to be moved, but it's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's like a fucking dinosaur in the backyard. Like, why would you want to save it and put it somewhere else for, you know, people to see and at least be able to research without having to kill it, you know, so.
1: And they taste amazing. Hmm? Uh,
0: (laughs) They do. You know what? I love gator. Oh my God. (laughs) So fucking good.
1: (laughs) Oh, by the way, I'm from Texas. So Ada and I are not your average Floridian and Texan, but we do live in these states. So we do know what it's like to eat alligator.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And like frog legs and all that fun stuff, right? Like I do like frog legs too. So. I'll give that, you know, I'll give that to wherever, but
1: before it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, I mean, and the thing is, is that the movie at the time, clearly, you know, they, they, they put a lot of money into it, the budget, 27 to 35 million, it made 56.9 million, uh, it came out around the same time as Blair Witch Project, The Haunting, House on the Haunted Hill, Sleepy Hollow, And then that same year, we've got Children of the Corn 666, which Isaac returns. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Deep Blue, (laughs) which I love the Children of the Corn movies are so bad, but they're so good. Deep Blue Sea, Stir of Echoes. Oh, that was Oh, Kevin Bacon. I wouldn't do that, boy. The Mummy, 13th Warrior, The Matrix, which I don't really care for The Matrix. So whatever. (laughs) Entrapment Audition came out that year. Eyes Wide Shut rage the rage carry 2. hello idle hands teaching mrs tingle cruel intentions and then of course like regular te- you know the regular movies drive me crazy never been kissed fight club the fucking sixth sense came out the year the bone collector i mean double jeopardy the ring two. like all of these fucking movies came out that year the ring two came out 99 now
1: no
0: no that must have been the japanese one i don't know why i read that probably anyways like,
1: yeah, probably the japanese one because i was yeah. gonna say it came out when i was like in middle school
0: yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be right. Why is that there? Anyways, I'm just, th- these are my notes that I precariously take <laughs> because I, th- I wanted to talk more about Betty White, but you know, we're already 45 minutes in, so we're gonna have to. <laughs> but again, that was a really great year for horror. So when people talk badly about 90s horror lacking, I really think that they're just hating on it because so many people are obsessed with 80s horror. I feel like 80s is probably the most popular amongst. Amongst everybody in our group, I would say I be only simply because you have Freddie, Jason, Michael, you've got Child's Play, you've got um, Hellraiser, which you just admitted you just saw. And I'm like, oh, my God, because those movies like Clive Barker. Hello. Oh, my God. Everything he does. Amazing. Yeah. So um, but yeah, and it's it. I think it fits nicely in there. I think it's less, it's more realistic than Deep Blue Sea. When you watch Deep Blue Sea, you can tell the sharks are very CGI at times. And I feel that like Placid does a lot better with with the practical effects. Oh yeah, definitely. And so, um, you know, and again, because I think that it makes you, like, I know you're scared of the crocodile, but you don't hate the crocodile. I don't think it's malicious. And Deep Blue Sea, the, the sharks are bred to be malicious and to be smart. And they're bred to come after you, right? Because she did all of those things with it. (laughs) And then it ate her ass in the end, which I
1: love because you're like, it's not
0: not her.
1: (laughs) I was fine with it. As long as they didn't touch LL Cool J or his parrot. Oh, Oh my
0: God. Oh, yeah. I think they got the parrot, right? (laughs)
1: LL Cool J is fine. Which, by the way, LL Cool J and well, I was 98. I was a Halloween H2O and Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. A good year of horror for LL Cool J. Yeah,
0: no, he, I, I love him in movies because I think that they sort of put him in there for comedic relief, but his characters are always so like natural in a way. And I, you know, good for the 90s and having that in there because I do love him in these movies. There needs to be more LL in the future. Like, I don't know why we don't see him in more horror movies now, but we need to bring uh- him back.
1: He needs to go lick those lips over and scream six. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just, speaking of media coming out this year. So, but you know, let's get into Betty white for just a little bit. So I, we talked a little bit about her earlier and how much of, you know, an icon she was as Rosen Island in the golden girls. And if you haven't watched the golden girls, or if you're still watching or you're just getting into it, it's on Hulu right now. So if you have Hulu, there's no excuse for you not to see it. It's very ahead of its time. It's very, it's very progressive. It's very LGBTQ friendly. I mean, I I can't even tell you, especially for something that came out in the eighties and for the women to be as, as old as they are on the show and to exhibit these types of qualities, I think is just so progressive and it's like the sex in the city of its time, right? Except, you know, we're not in New York city. We're in Miami where the weather is better. (laughs) i mean you know it's like more fabulous to be in miami anyways right i mean i wouldn't know i've been to new york city but i haven't lived there so i wouldn't know but
1: Palace is gonna be on hulu soon so it's called golden palace
0: the golden palace yeah and so that's obviously a spinoff of the golden girls so if you guys haven't seen the golden palace i i do like that when i've watched it they used to have it on lifetime uh, they used to watch it after I'd watched old reruns of the golden girls. And so that's a good one too. And Rose's and Betty White is also in that show. And the only difference is, is that B. Arthur has left the show. So the girls go ahead and like get a hotel and they're just running the hotel. So again, she's plays this, such a very naive, but sweet person, animal lover, like Rose is such She's not, and people like to say they they always call her dumb or they call her, you know, they call her names or like, she's not all with it, but she's just naive as Betty White would say. She's just very naive, but she still has such a good heart. And so like Rose is one of those characters that when things happen to her, because there are things in the show that happen to her that affect her health. And when those parts in the show come on, like you just start crying because it's like, you can't lose Rose, like it's our Rose. So while I would identify more with Blanche, (laughs) <laughs> I have to say that you know I love storylines with uh, their center around Rose um, simply because Betty White just does such a great job at playing her and all the Scandinavian words and the St. Olaf stories and everything of that nature like everything she does is just hilarious yeah I mean I mean she has been in show business since the 40s for Christ's sake. I mean the woman is a fucking icon. Mary Tyler Moore show, you know, and she she even was one of her uh, shows that she got that got canceled because she had a black tap dancer, and they told her she couldn't have him, and she said, "Well, you're gonna have to get over it." I mean, she didn't have to do that. She stood up for him in the face of adversity, and her show got canceled anyways. But you know, I did. I think there's more to life than just following the rules so that people are happy and it doesn't affect you negatively. And she clearly, you know, showed us type of person that she was and so Betty I thank you so much I love and miss you I'm sorry we couldn't make it to your 100th birthday party but she's also joined the rest of the golden girls in their golden palace somewhere right so I don't want to (laughs) cry
1: there's a thing that I was reading on Facebook where on her birthday they're trying to make it a thing where you donate five dollars to an animal shelter in her name just Mm -hmm. to see if it catches on I thought that was cute
0: yeah, I saw that too. And so, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I wanted to mention that on the show as well. So, you know, if you have $5 to spare and you have a local animal shelter in need, like feel free to go ahead and donate. Or even if you don't have that, like, you know, if you have animals, but you have extra dog beds, you don't need, you know, gently used toys, uh, dog food that maybe your dog won't eat because they're, they're allergic, cat food, whatever, anything that you can donate to those shelters, especially if they are no kill shelters, I mean, I used to volunteer at the I'm not the ASPCA. Yeah. The orange County animal services over here in Florida, um, Orlando. And I can't tell you like how much they need volunteers. Like if you just want to just, you know, dedicate one day of the month, one day of the year, just go down and help them out for one day. I mean, they need people to, to do like the laundry, like for all of the, the animals, you know, the towels and stuff they clean them with to feed them, to clean out the cat cages Um, you know, and just help out, like they need people for those, um, for those things. So even if you don't have $5, but if you have like a couple hours of your time and you want to go down to your local animal shelter, like, I think that would be such a great way to honor Betty White. So go out and do it. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Or, you know, just if you don't have time, just five bucks is fine. (laughs) Yeah. A dollar
1: (laughs) put it in her name though
0: it in her name, I mean, go in the couch, find a couple quarters, drop it off if you have time, like it doesn't matter anything. I think any little bit of it helps. And Betty would be so grateful to all of us. I mean, I, I, I do. We're coming up on the hour now. Do you have anything you want to add to today's episode, Mikey? Thank you so much again for coming on with me, by the way. Like that was so of, sweet of you.
1: Of course I had fun. I do want to mention one thing about Betty White, though, because she's done a ton and it's not the most popular movie. My favorite movie that she did is You Again. I just thought it was really funny. But it comes around full circle to the horror realm because they interviewed Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Sigourney Weaver for The You Again, like when they were touring for press. And they were like, okay, guys, which one of y'all had the scariest movie, Alien or Halloween? And just to hear both of them talking about it. And of course, Jamie said Alien and Sigourney said Halloween. They were just like, having a big love fest about it. I was like, oh my God, this is heaven. I wasn't even expecting to hear about this today or like watching an interview for you again. I wasn't expecting to, you know, see two horror legends talk about their, you know, original horror films. So that was really cool. And Betty White was amazing in that movie too. She's super cute. So, ta oh,
0: You again. Oh, I love that. And, you know, and I watched her whole special. I think it was like two years ago and Valerie Bertinelli was on there because she was on that show, Cougar Town. Was it Cougar Town? What was the name of that show? hot in Cleveland. Oh, my God. I'm getting all the (laughs) Vieja shows mixed up. Oops.
1: (laughs) That's good.
0: Okay. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and she's a little curmudgeon ass little old lady in that show, too. But Valerie Bertinelli just could not stop gushing about her. And I love Valerie Bertinelli. So, you know, it's just so many people. She's touched so many lives. And she's just been, I mean, even in the proposal, as the grandma, when she's doing the little dance, did you remember the proposal? Oh my God, I can't, do, I can't do it right now. I like, you know, just everything she does, all of her SNL skits, like the one skit where they had her dancing and the Spanish special. And she's like 90 something years old. I'm like, Oh my God, is she going to tip over? Like, is anybody watching her? Like making sure she's okay. <laughs> I mean, she's just the best. And, and for her to, for all of us to be so blessed to have her, for this long, she's, you know, surpassed all of these generations. So, you know, our parents know who she is, or maybe not our parents, but whomever, like, you know, people from our parents' generation know who she is all the way to like my students at school, right? I have my little Betty White calendar up today and a lot of them knew who she was. And so, you know, again, she just, she's an icon. She will always be an icon. And, you know, as sad as I am to see that she didn't make it to her hundredth birthday this month, it's, bittersweet, but she has lived a very long time. And, you know, we have, you know, just like Ryan Reynolds said, we, we haven't had her long enough. It feels like, but I think that for as, as old as she was and as much as she's done and the person she was, I think she lived a really beautiful life. And I just, I'm so happy and feel so lucky to have been apart and seen some of that. So.
1: Yeah someone said on the internet if you've lived to 99 people say that you were gone too soon if you died 99 that says a lot about your legacy so mm-hmm. like she is an icon she's probably going to be one of the last icons for a while until one of these youngsters step it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh yeah but then we'll be old at that point too so I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wishing that to happen anytime soon. So, but at this point, you know, so I just, I'm really excited that, um, to be able to talk about her and that we actually had a reason to talk about her. Uh, I mean, we could have done it like Placid at any time, but I think that this was a perfect time to have done it. So I'm glad that we, we got, we made that happen. And again, thank you, Becky, for joining us now. Do you have anything that you would like to plug for our listeners
1: at home? Um, not really. I did start a YouTube series uh, called Mikey Lee and the Cemetery Library. As you learned in the beginning, I love books. I'm trying to read a book and do like a review of the book or a couple books. Um, I'm a very slow reader. But if you want to check it out, it's Mikey Lee and the Cemetery Library on YouTube. Or you can find me on Instagram at horror in a half shell. Horror, not horror. Horror <laughs> in a half shell.
0: Yeah, I know that's a little bit. That's like one of those things. Like you, you got to make sure you say the syllables, especially when you're referring to your own handle. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, maybe "horn and a half shell" would be cute too, right? So
1: that's for my night job. <laughs>
0: his, his only <laughs> fans account, people. Oh just
1: my gosh, me in <laughs> like this. <laughs>
0: God. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, thank you again, Mikey for joining us. Um, again, if you guys want to, uh, support us at slashers pod, you could go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash slashers pod. Uh, we have tiers from $1 to $10. You get early access to shows. You get an extra episode every month. And then we have other goodies that we always throw in there. If you want to wear any of our cool slasher swag, we should probably do something for Betty white hint, hint, Jake. <laughs> You can go to our red bubble at slasherspod.redbubble.com. You can follow me at pathologicallyade on Instagram, or you can follow the page at slasherspod on Instagram slasherspodcast for Facebook. But as Doug would say, that's for the boomers. Doug is Doug Bizarro. Coker is on Instagram as well at, what is it? James Coker? at Coker James. Sorry, Coker. I love you. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and follow us. If you want to give us a a shout out, let us know what you love about this episode or about any of the episodes in general. Let us know what you hate. Like, I mean, we don't know what to fix if you don't tell us. So on behalf of my boo-boo Mikey, my horror, my horror and a half shell Mikey on (laughs) this is goodbye and good die.